I was in Devon Franklin's office and he, he said something that struck me because he had just left this big career at Sony, left to launch his own entertainment company. The invite is different when you were VP at Sony than when you got your own house. I bet it and is. He, <laughs> he's like, listen, <laughs> he said what he said, I was like, Sharia, you know, sometimes you climb a mountain and then from there you can see a higher mountain, he said, but you can't just jump from the top of this mountain to that mm, That's good. You gotta climb off of this one and then go climb the higher mountain. Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. My name is Lamar Tyler. I'm your host. And if you are a black entrepreneur looking to grow and scale your business, or you're looking for strategies, processes, procedures in order to grow your wealth, right? Not just grow it, but grow it, protect it, preserve it, pass it down. You're in the right spot. And I'm excited because today's conversation is going to help you. And I got a, a, a OG friend, an old school friend. She said we go, go back. We met her right through her, her career originally but i swear if we know each other this long she had to be like 10 years old before. i don't know i don't know we had, we had to look right what are the labor laws saying in new york city at the time we met you uh but we got we got to go into it but uh what's up sharia jackson good to be here the what? queen behind shine army yes and everything amazing so how are you i'm doing great lamar i'm so excited to be here y'all can't see but this studio is so nice and Thank lamar you. said we go way back i like to take credit Back in the Black and Mary with Kids day, yep. saw the blog. I was an editor at the time at Essence.com. Well, I was one of your first national interviews. Yeah, maybe the first, if I, not, but you definitely were the biggest. Even if we had something else, like for us being Black and Mary with Kids, like 97% of our audience was black women. So there was nothing that we could have done that would have bigger, bigger impact for our audience than Essence. So I, no, I listen. Y'all were dope then, and you dope now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Thank you. I tell, I've, I've been in multiple offices of yours. Now y'all own yep. the building. I I remember coming to do a Black Mirror Kids video at, when y'all had a studio at the house. Then y'all got the other office. Yep. Then you had the other office, and now we here. So uh, really, literally, we upstairs. So <laughs> we started from the bottom, and here we are. Now we here. We here. Second floor out here. Second floor. I love it. So um, tell the people about what you're doing about what Shine Army is. Yeah. So. Shine Army is is so exciting. We're able to support experts and entrepreneurs to really own the power of their story and then share it with the world through media. And we don't mm. just help you get books, but we also help you flip that media into money. So if you're going to have influence, you should also have impact and the income that comes with it. And so, as you mentioned, I'm a 20 year media veteran this year. I've been paid every year for the last 20 years to create and uh, content. And so I spent time at Essence 10 years there where I was a senior editor. I had a book that was launched all over the world, did my own book tour for it. And so being able to share all those tools with other experts and entrepreneurs who want bigger stages, right? So I'm a, I like, if you come to my website, I literally, when I was on the Steve Harvey show, I recorded a video in my dressing room for other entrepreneurs like, you should be here too. Wow. Because I believe that. and. We know the uphill battle for black entrepreneurs specifically. And so part of the way we cut that learning curve and accelerate our success is to grow our visibility. And we the quickest way to do that is with media. You know, that's good because something I, I often say is the fact that I meet so many entrepreneurs that have great products and services, but just nobody knows about them. And it's like when they get people in front of it, they can easily sell it, but just not enough people are in front of them. So this is definitely a way 
where they can combat that, right, and get their stuff out to the masses. Absolutely, and it's not separate from traffic sales and profit, right? So yeah. part of what I encourage and part of that flip in the media is booking it and then putting the traffic to it because we know it's a loud market. Everybody's got a business, which is great, but it also means you have a lot more competition than you've ever had. So one of the ways you cut through is you borrow other people. You know, we down with OPP, other people's people. So <laughs> right. go borrow the audiences of other people. And then when they see you on these big platforms, they pay attention. So I ask, oh, I can say I'm a media strategist. Okay, that's cute. Oh, I've been on this show and this show and I just got my client Lisa Nichols on the Tamara Hall show. People reply a little bit differently. So that visibility really can help your business. All right, this, this is good. So I got questions about that, but but first, I want to dig into your story a little bit because I think entrepreneurs, newer entrepreneurs from the outside always look and they say, wow, that's amazing. She's done all these things. She has all these amazing clients now. She's a celebrity with celebrities, right? It's all this stuff. But oftentimes I see newer people discount the struggle in getting there. Where they think, oh, you know, it's easy for her to get there or no. to build this because she was working at Essence. So it's easy for her to do this or that because, you know, it's always like a because, a reason that we put in there why somebody else can do it. Yeah. But we can't when we haven't taken the effort yet. So I want to go back a little bit. Because yeah. you said like now, hey, it's been 20 years where I've been getting paid to create. When you started, were you, I always ask this question, I guess, like were you like in elementary school? like when? <laughs> No. One day I shall write. You like got your little crayon out. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna tell all of you. You like I'm tell very tell proud of my age. My first job. <laughs> it was the best of times, the worst of times. I was times. 17 when I started. Okay. Um, I was shot. we're in Atlanta. I'm a native. I was an intern at the Atlanta Daily World newspaper. Okay. I was so. I, but the dope part was I worked. I wrote, but I also one of the managers I reported to was in advertising. So I got to kind of see both sides of the media game. So 17, you were in high school then? Yeah. Okay, you smart. You might have been like. <laughs> Child genius or something, and, you know. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> let's talk about it, right? Because smart is often overrated. Oh, tell me about it. A what lot of smart that? people are not as successful as they are smart. And so I feel like I was book smart, but I didn't understand life and money until later in life. So it's, mm. now I'm able to leverage my intelligence more. But I think a lot of times, and I see a lot of times people who might have a higher IQ are struggling way more than people who know a little. But what the little they know, they apply it and they make their money. So I, I tell new master members all the time. The smartest person is not the person that makes the most money. No. Because you can naturally think. You overthink everything. What's that? And that's what I tell them. You remember at TSP this year, a game plan, you did something we talked about. The ultimate entrepreneur, and that's the paralyzed perfectionist. Most most extremely smart people are the paralyzed perfectionists. You had me laid out. They can't. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I said, don't come for me today. Because <laughs> it's, it's like... And what I find is that smart people, like, they know too much. You know too much. And they overanalyze, like you said, everything. And they just get, like, in an uh, analysis paralysis and literally just cannot move forward. Meanwhile, the person that halfway don't know nothing, they just, they like, just keep throwing they them. just a gunslinger, you and know what I'm saying, the, coming from the hip. Yes, and I'm not even, that's what the, you know, and I'm, obviously, I am joined the Mastermind in 2018, and that's what it did. It disrupted a lot of that thinking to mm. see people who, were just as smart as me, like people who were like, "Oh, you just like me," and but you make you making you at seven figures. <laughs> you know, I'm hanging with Sharice Jones, I'm hanging with Kim Lewis, and I'm like, "Oh, oh, so you just like me, and you got a million dollar business." So what do I need to do to get it together? To your point, but to your earlier question around having what is considered a dream job and having what was my dream job for a long time, and then you, it, I was in Devon Franklin's office 
and he he said something that struck me because he had just left this big career at Sony, left to launch his own entertainment company. The invite is different when you a VP at Sony than when you got your own house. I bet it and is. He's, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, listen, <laughs> he said what he said because it's like Sharia. You know, sometimes you climb a mountain. And then from there, you could see a higher mountain, he said. But you can't just jump from the top of this mountain to that mm, top. You got to climb off of this one and then go climb the higher mountain. And so I'm going to say this truth. And I, I'm going to tell the whole story because, and this is an ouch, this is my first time. Your dream ultimately can't be a job that if you don't own the company. Because mm. then if it's your dream job and you don't own the company, you're always vulnerable to somebody else. And so you will always, even though it feels secure, and it's not. And one of the best gifts to me professionally was graduating Howard 2007, started working at Essence five days later, boom, a recession hit. And seeing so many people lose their jobs and so many people had their identities so attached to their jobs and they didn't know who they were when they lost those big title jobs. I said, that's never going to be me. I'm never just going to be Sharia from Essence. I'm always going to work like I don't have a job because I understand. And I got laid off in 2009. So it woke me up early to say, hey, you can never get so attached to something you don't own because no matter. And I was doing a great job. My, my, my manager teared up laying me off. That's how much he mm. loved me. Didn't matter. His higher up said, you got to let them all go. So no matter how, and it was a fancy job, right? It, I mean. What was the job at that point? I was, I mean, when I got laid off, yeah. I was associate editor for the website. Okay. Then I got hired back two years later as relationships editor. But by the time I came back, I had worked somewhere else that had a different culture. And I had started my first business in 2010. And so I had a different mindset. Even my dream was really to grow my business when I got the offer for relationships editor at Essence. And I was like, well, you can struggle to get this business off the ground at 25 or you can get paid to go coach millions of women and learn in a bigger arena. And that's what I did. But, you know, even that. Right. I think that's important because I think a lot of entrepreneurs have access to those opportunities. They don't always leverage the opportunities properly. It's because, hard because, to leverage inside, Lamar. But no, but I'm telling you this, though, too. It's hard out here on the streets for entrepreneurs, right? Yeah. And and a lot of times I think we uh, glorify entrepreneurship so much that you know I said I said all the time like we'll have like opening uh, positions in like marketing, right? So like say I'm looking for like a copywriter, or I'm looking for somebody to do uh, our paid traffic or something like that. And it's like yeah, everybody want to be on their own thing so much. But in my mind, I know that if somebody came here and sat here for three years, look at your face right now, right? Like they came and sat here for two, three years, five years, whatever, like that. What they would know exponentially would be more than hey, if I'm just like starting on my own and I'm out here, but I'm I'm a CEO, I'm a CEO of nothing, right? <laughs> but I'm I'm a CEO, and and I think it's it's like I think we're on the edge of risking getting into a place where everybody wants to be the boss or perceive themselves as the boss, even if they're not doing boss things, um, and really say, again, not taking advantage of the opportunity. Wait, like one of the things, I consider myself a, uh, a decent leader, right? Uh, a good leader, real. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, I'm just holding it down for the people. I ain't got to play this game. Okay, all right. So I be leading out here, right? Um, but the thing is, a lot of what I learned about leadership, a lot of what I learned about commanding a meeting, I learned when I was the IT director at Fox 5 in D.C., and our general manager sitting at the table in the morning meeting every morning. And I, I just, it wasn't even me studying him, but just being in a room. 
I loved how he commanded that room. It, it was like all these strong personalities, but he didn't play. It was like you were held accountable for what you wanted to do. But I always think like, like there's so many pieces of the business now that didn't start with me. It started with the places I worked and the things I learned and being able to bring those in. Absolutely. I mean, there's so much in what you just said. And I think even, so for me, even when I left corporate in 2019, and shout out to the mastermind because I joined in 2018, you were in New York. He came by the S's office. I was burnt out. He was like, you need to get in the mastermind. <laughs> I was like, you right. <laughs> and I joined. And when I left Essence two days before my birthday, like I told the mastermind before I told my mama because I knew they would mm. understand. And yes. I had a community of people like I had they had it had built my confidence enough to make that move. But to your point, I, I, I started this business in 2020. Officially, I started working on it in 2019. I don't I didn't I'm just becoming a CEO. Because if you're not doing actively being a CFO, a CMO, uh, if you're not managing anything, people, all the things, okay, she, let me get her up to speed. Let me get the, if you're not doing all that, you really aren't doing what it takes. And to your bigger point, we, if you're not, you can learn so much by either you get paid by somebody else or you get paid to be in a mastermind like this, but you, you can't out learn what you, you can't out, out, not earn, you won't earn what you don't learn. That's good. Is what I'm really saying. And so even a lot of the great leaders we see in the mastermind, uh, so many of us had corporate experiences that transition. There's very few people who just started the business straight out and didn't have some type of experience in the thing they're doing and then were able to scale. I, I studied the circle of seven. I studied what, who they were, their backgrounds. I studied you and Ronnie. Like y'all gave me so much freedom. We were at a mastermind retreat, March, 2019. First time I really heard Ronnie's story to hear how she was a project manager. And then, where was she, IBM? Yep, IBM. So I'm like, wait a minute. So she a project manager from IBM. He is IT brilliant. Of course they explode a digital business. Like, it took the pressure off of me from feeling like, I guess I'm stupid if I can't figure out Facebook ads. Like, not to mm -hmm. say I won't, but it, right. and then inside of that, seeing you all explode a business in your genius, it pushed me to say, well, what's my genius? Because... When I first got in the mastermind, I didn't think this, I didn't know how special of an expertise I had in media because I was living in New York. Most of my friends worked in media. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. And then I, there was a, a million dollar mastermind where I became their media coach and I just saw how much I knew. And I was like, whoa. And I saw what I liked about what they were doing, what I didn't. And I said, listen, I'm, I'm, they asking me to, can you talk, help tell people how to get a book deal? They asking me because I have an expertise. Right. And I'm like, Y'all not finna make all this money off of me. That's the other thing. Even with your 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 most your, your biggest paycheck from your dream job, they're only paying you a fraction of what they're making. So if you can get two hundred thousand from them, how much could you make by yourself? Well, like how could much could you make out of your expertise if you were to apply it? That's good. So I got a lot of questions based on everything you said. Um, but first, right, like, let me get back to your story. Cause you, you like, you like, I got my mind going, I'm exploding in here. Um, so you go to Essence, mm -hmm. you're working on the digital side, you mm -hmm. get laid off. Mm -hmm. She says, right for the recession. Mm -hmm. In the recession. In the recession, right? You get laid off. Two years later, they call you back. At that moment when they call you back, is it excitement? Like, cause you're coming back at a, at a higher position. Yeah. So is it excitement? Like, oh my God, I don't believe I'm getting another opportunity. Is it like fear? Like, are they gonna do me like they did me last time? You know, like I'm, I'm always curious about You're those like, moments where people- show back up. What you gonna do? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Clearly you took them back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
it's a great question. Nobody's ever asked me this. Uh, so, I mean, was all of that <laughs> excited, scared? I think I, it's only you when you ask was I scared of that didn't even occur to me. Mm. Like that's the type of like I think, and I, obviously I was young, younger then than I am now. So at that mind, I was. I, that's been my strength, right? So these are my professional careers. But by that time, you know, before I was 25, I had gone through the layoff. I had been diagnosed with cancer at 19, went through crazy relationships, went through family stuff. So I had been through life. So this ain't nothing. <laughs> this ain't, this ain't um, nothing. But if you make it through, like, it's like you make it here, you make it anywhere. But if you make it through a layoff once, I didn't have any fear that I couldn't figure it out. But to your, your question, as far as what I felt when that call came, I was like, oh, but I had my business this time. So it was mm, very so different. different. So I had started my first company, Studio Social. And so at the same time I was I was waiting to hear back from my first business pitch competition, the Essence interview was happening. It was a $25,000 prize. And I was hoping I was going to get it. And that was going to be help me grow the business. Didn't get it. Then got the call for Essence. Um, but I, I just, I felt, I felt ready. I, but I felt clear that like this was my next step. But I'm, it's they're not just going to work me this time. I have mm. much clearer intention going in than I did. The first time, I was just happy to be there. Mm. Second time, That's grateful to be there, but just a little more aware of like, hey, I got to do something for them and I got to make sure I'm taking care of me. Because to your point, you done broke up with me before. So <laughs> it's not, and it's a business. It's not personal at that point, but just under, I understood business a little bit more going in. So I remember... I remember the first time you, I remember all this, but I remember the first time you left Essence. Can I tell you a secret? This is something that I'm very intentional about at certain times. Because in general, I'm, I'm, I'm not the best at keeping in contact with people and communicating with folks and stuff, because I was be doing stuff, right? We got a bunch of kids. We got a rack of kids. Ain't need a bunch, you know? <laughs> and y'all be having nieces and nephews. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we in all of this. But when that layoff happened, I was intentional about staying connected with you because I wanted you to know that we were connected to you, not connected to Essence. Because I just, in my mind... Woo, 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 woo. pause. <laughs> pause. Can, can I just, thank you, you literally pause. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but that speaks to how brilliant you are. Because also, and I mean, it's a compliment to me that you saw me enough to say, I don't know, it's, it's not about where she is, I just know who you were. You had yeah. the ability to see beyond a title. So I left Essence that first time, November 2009. I went back to Essence November 2011, two years later. And one of the most startling things that happened was the amount of people who started calling again. But mm. I hadn't heard from in two years. Somebody invited me to their annual Christmas party. I went to that party. I've been having this party five years. You knew me the whole time. But now that I was back at Essence, I was right. worthy. But I'm grateful for those people because they taught me not to confuse genuine relationship. Ooh, but people like you... Like there were people who, who when I, I emailed, they kept replying. And there were some people, yeah. I, second I had that Essence email address, baby. That email was spam. And, and I didn't, I mean, I couldn't validate that that's what happened. But in my mind, whenever somebody's in a high profile position or high profile place, I just imagine that when you like, I'm gone, everybody like, what's over here, right? So I, I just try to be intentional about letting people know Cause I didn't know I didn't know you was going back. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah, that yeah. never was in no, no, that never you, was in my thinking. But my thing was just like I'm just real intentional about trying to let people know. I appreciate. They're like, hey, you know, because you had done a lot for us at the time. We we had built a great relationship back and forth. But like the relationship again was with you, 
not like you, or the relationship was you, not your position. Hmm. I guess is the way I would put it. That's a net. That just put a y'all. That's the tip. Cause also, so often, you know, you could ask anybody for anything. You have to earn the right to ask, and your intentionality of seeing the real person. Even when I coach my clients with pitching, I'm like, you're never pitching an outlet. You're pitching a person. Mm, that's good. And so you want to make it personal to them. I always, I've been on somebody's Instagram before and everything before I send them an email because it's a real person. But I just thank you for seeing me then. But it's just such a powerful. Like so many people did not do that. All right, you're welcome. So. You at the second time when you get ready to exit, the second time, um, what is that like? Because like I said, a lot of people are, you know, I'm at places. This place suck. Everybody around me know it suck. <laughs> you know, everybody around me telling me get out. But I would I would imagine when you're something because even, even when I worked at the TV station, when I was telling people like, look, I'm out I'm doing my own thing, they were like, you sure? It was like, you know, you shouldn't do that. You know, you know, and it wasn't even that. I always like, I wanted to work. I just was doing IT, right? I ran an IT department. But it wasn't like my aspiration was to work IT at a TV station. But like my family, friends, like they just liked it every now and then they saw me on TV. Yeah. And it's like, mean, man, you was in that commercial that one time. Are you sure you want to leave? You would be in more commercials. It, but I, like that wasn't where my heart was. That wasn't my goal or my passion. When you left, like what was that transition like? And what was... Like the noise, because you said like, hey, I told the mask mom before, I told my mama. Like, what's the, <laughs> what I really want to know is what Miss Jackson was like, 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 tell me all of that. Like, what was that transition like for you? You want, you came for the tea today. <laughs> Where's my coffee cup? I didn't know you was going to be, I need some honey for this hot tea, baby. Okay, so, <laughs> well, it was a process. It was not like I woke up one night and said, I'm done. Right, I mean, right. it had been, so by that time, working at Essence, I got my book deal. My book came out in 2018. I mean, I'm going to be transparent. We, we keeping it real. Um, I knew I was probably ready by 2016. I mean, just, and I loved the work. It just, after I had grown, I kept growing. Mm. I kept working on myself and I knew there was more. And I just wanted more of my time to be, to do more of the things I knew I was being called to do. Uh, but also, listen, I had bills and I needed to do my work to start building out a business and revenue and those things. And my, my book agent, she was like, listen, you can stay in essence for this body. Well, you, it's much and it's true. And it was better. It's easier to get booked as it was easier as an essence editor to get booked with the book. But that's not enough. Yeah. Um, and so I knew when the book came out June 2018, by then I was like, OK. I've done my part here. Um, and also there have been so many transitions in the company. So even though I worked at Essence the second time I was there for uh, seven years, at the time when I first got there, it was still owned by Time Warner. Mm -hmm. Time Inc. spun off as an independent magazine company. And then Time, Time Inc. sold Essence to Essence Ventures, which was run by Richard Dennis, who had Shea Moisture in 20. 18. So at the beginning, so that was a crazy year for me, period, because yeah. the company changed. We changed offices. Uh, plus, the, my book came out, and I'm like trying to manage running an apartment plus uh, my book tour. So I knew I was, that season has expired. Um, and I, the same way, the first time I got laid off from Essence, I, didn't, I knew it was time to go. I was a little burnt out at that time. I ran out from, I ran out of business cards, didn't ask for more. I just knew like something's changing here, and mm. it moved. And so this time, I had been talking because I've been talking about it probably since 2016. Hey, I'm starting to my friends all knew. So I, after a while, you tell people enough they get. So what you going to do? So I was sitting, sitting at brunch with one of my best friends the day after Christmas, December 2018. 
And I'm saying my same little speech, you know, I'm getting ready to get out. So, Sharia, by when are you leaving? She was the first person to like say, put a date on the baby. And I said, by, by my birthday, they just, by my birthday. My mm-hmm. birthday is February 8th, 2019. This was the time frame. My last day of Essence was February 6th. I got on a plane, flew here. I had a birthday party the 8th. On the 7th, I came by the TSP office. I saw you. I remember. Yep. And um, Sharice had given me this cute rap. But I say that to say, I don't. I didn't really give people an opportunity to, I only mm. share it with people who got it. I only share it with other entrepreneurs. I didn't talk about it with my coworkers a lot like that. Like I only stared with people who understood there was so much more because people who thought this was the highest I could go, That's good. they couldn't see more. But the people who could see more, who knew like I, I got a script in development, like who knew I had other things going, they were like, what you waiting on? You've checked that. And I would say that to my coworkers. You check that box. I've written the cover stories, flown all over the world from Paris to South Africa, doing pressure. Like I had done the thing and I'm grateful for it. And then there, there's a whole other more. Like I want to be able to send my nieces and nephews to college. I want to be able to have houses in different cities. So I had bigger dreams, which mean I would need a bigger uh, bucket to hold it. Mm. And my mama, listen. <laughs> she gonna be all, get to. She gonna, I'm actually end, like, a much better daughter now than I was then. I mm. take because I have time and energy time, and yeah. structure in my life, so I can. I'm not. And just she's probably happy. You're not all the way up in New York no more. Yeah, you, I'm you not know. jumping off a plane, running. Now I'm like, so I've booked us um, a Chateau Elan for your 70th birthday, and I'm already thinking about Christmas. Like, I'm just. It's. I think not. I'm sure there are people who miss saying they have a friend at Essence who miss me trying to slide in some tickets at Essence Festival when I barely had some extra tickets. Like, <laughs> so I don't miss it at all. That's good. That's good. So as you make this transition in entrepreneurship, for you, uh, what surprised you the most about entrepreneurship? Great question. That you really can, like we hear the phrase make money, but you really can. That was a uh, predictable. Uh, pre- yeah, consistent predictable revenue. revenue. CPR. CPR. That was like mentally just the fact that you actually can set yourself up to make money on demand because when you've been in that corporate grind so long you think the only way to have consistent money is through a job when actually you can be a ceo and have consistent money with the right systems and so that was one of the things one of the my fears probably for waiting as long as i did was i i needed systems Mm -hmm. but i also needed that that was one of the things that really was like Oh, and how you can make a lot of money with not a lot of clients. So you think to have a million dollar business, you yeah. have to have a hundred. You could have that with less than a hundred clients. Like you could have that with 20 clients. So seeing different business models and how accessible it was, was eye opening. And that's why I'm so like grateful that I had the mastermind to make that transition because it just exponentially grew my confidence that I could do it and how I could do it. Yeah, that, that piece you just said, I just want to make sure everybody watching gets that part. Because the fact that you don't have to have a million customers. Because that was something that I almost like stumbled into by mistake when we started. When we first started selling our very first movie, I remember like I was in the shower. I'd be thinking all the time, right? So I was in the shower thinking. I'd be daydreaming about money in the shower, right? Water just scalding <laughs> my body. Then I snapped too. But I, I was in the shower thinking, and I was like, man, you know, like, like, how many are we gonna sell? Like, it hadn't come out yet. I was like, we need to, we need to go like platinum or something. Sell like a million copies of this DVD. And then I just did the math. I said, well, well, I said if if we sold like 
$100,000 worth of DVDs. I said I would be overjoyed, right? But then when I broke down how many DVDs that was, it wasn't that many. And I was thinking, like, here, I'm out, like, like that's the power of knowing and actually sitting down and going through the exercises of figuring out what, how much you need to make and then based on what you sell, what it takes to get there. Because just in my subconscious, I was thinking I had to sell a million copies where, nah, this really had to sell, like, a few thousand. Listen. Did hit what I need to hit. It's crazy. It, 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 it opens you up. But that's why communities like this are so important because it's numbers. Be, having a successful business is numbers. Getting to the million dollar is numbers. And so it's been so exciting for me to have exposure to these types of conversations by being in community because it really doesn't take so much at all. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So um, so now, right, you have uh, Shine Army. Mm -hmm. So what was the inspiration behind it? I'm curious. So and then I got to tell you about my new platform. Oh, you got to tell me. You going to tell us on the, on the. Yeah, I just. OK, yes. yeah, I'm like, you tell, I, I tell you because I'm like, you you know. Listen, you're it's, not getting out of your telling me. I'm like, you're telling me. It's going to make a million dollars in 18 months. I love it. You know, I want to hear about that. Oh, and shout out. First of all, we didn't shout out my, um, you didn't say hey to <laughs> your TSP. <laughs> my TSP mask. This is my official TSP jumpsuit. Y'all tell her hey. Uh, I first wore this <laughs> jumpsuit when I spoke at TSP Game Plan in 2019, and I will be wearing it. When I go pick up my circle of seven, 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 award, seven figure award, we seven figure award uh, at, uh, at TSP award. So I'm just in the vibration and this is the program that's going to do it. But it's so shine army. What what led me here? Yeah. Uh, get the people what they want. Mm, that get, makes sense. And get, it's harder than for a lot of people to do it, but it makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> what you love and what they want. Find what that sweet spot. There's certain. So. Everybody, you know, do a different show, media. How'd you get on there, right? how you get to Oprah House? Like, it was always the how of it. Yeah. And I had been resistant. Even when I first got into Mastermind TSP, I was a little resistant to it. And I just like, well, I don't want to be pigeonholed, right? That's always the fear of the, the new entrepreneur. I don't want to be. But actually, it's like, you own your lane. Right. And, and so um, I really knew as a coach that the first part was to own your life story. And my sweet spot is I can help you not just own your life story through transformation coaching, but also help give you strategy to share with the world through media and speaking. And so I couldn't have got there to where I was helping other people until I really owned how incredible my own journey had been. And so that took a second to get there. And I really wanted something that was big enough to, to hold the, the bigness of what we were doing. So the coaching, the consulting, both the personal and professional development, plus that media strategy that we provide for our clients to really give you. A, so people ask me, are you a publicist? And, and this was great. This power of being a community. I was at TSP game plan at our mastermind lunch. You know, we doing our mix and mingle. I share <laughs> what I do. I'm a media strategist. So are you a publicist? And it was, I was like, I was like, nah. I was like, and I respect, I love publicists. Mm -hmm. Publisher's job is take your ball, whatever your expertise is, go to that mound, throw it, get you a hit. That's the job of a publicist. I'm coming somebody who paid 20 years on the other team. And so my gift is I'm going to tell you when you send that pitch, when you send those emails, here's what we're actually looking for. 
So I'm someone who's not only, I've booked for TV, I've booked for different shows. And when I worked at Essence for the majority, nine of those years, it was owned by Time Inc. So I was also working with media brands like Money, Time, and Fortune and working on their shows and being a guest and helping them book when they're looking for us. And so I knew the game and I had done it myself being pitched and being on multiple shows. And so it was like, let me take that expertise and better provide it for other people, especially people like us who have something good to say, right. who should be in front of more cameras. And so that's kind of how the company came to be. And I'm so excited. Shout out to my mastermind family who helped me refine my program. It was originally called Spotlight. They didn't love the name. <laughs> it beat you up a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> Team Blue. Okay, but seriously. So I said, they were like, speak to the results. And so I'm so excited. We've launched a new platform, including coaching and a live event coming next year called, can I get a drum roll? Let's go. Hold up. <laughs> that ain't loud enough for water. <laughs> no, just playing with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Come to the stage. You had Alex mad at me. Just Alex would be like, dude, oh. don't ever do that oh. during the podcast again. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, we She's going to cut that out. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, new platform just for leaders who know, who frustrated, who've been hired publicists and not seen the results they want, who know that they are meant for bigger stages. You are excited. I'm so excited to welcome you to Seen and Paid. Because okay. we help you get booked and flip that media into money. Okay. Can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah. All right. Because that's interesting because um, depending on how it's leveraged or what you do, it's easy for a lot of people to be seen, but like you said, not get the second part, which is paid. Yeah. And I, I would um, see a lot of entrepreneurs that say, hey, you know what? I, I got this big opportunity and the opportunity come and go. Mm-hmm. But they still in the same spot. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. They tell me about that scene in the paper. You know what? That's, I, I feel like I'm not a TSP commercial, but I was at TSP <laughs> live in June. And I was talking this in our mastermind day. I was talking just, I wanted to catch up, hear about people's businesses. I was at, and also just doing work, workshopping my services to see what were the needs. And one of the biggest needs was not just getting booked but how do i leverage it and mm -hmm. so many people were frustrated because they had these big opportunities like you know like some yep. of the like big national tv opportunities and they're not seeing results in their business because they're not understanding the process to flip it and so that's really something i wanted to slow down and help people understand that process of like how a lot of you know for the last year i've been focusing on more private clients established millionaires and I'm like I want to help people you don't have to have a million dollar business for 10 years to have yeah. to get media so but I wanted to unlock some of the value of how we're flipping their media back into the business and so the first you know I you want tips on that oh do we want come on don't oh I do that to people people don't do that to me <laughs> you know I'm the king of uh, I know you I'll have another you, question only if you want to really hear yeah I want the tips. <laughs> give, me the, give me the tips so you want seen and pay you want just seen or you want me to get right to the money how do you flip media to money uh, I've been like, for the people, they probably want both. But I want to hear about the paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, first of all, the great part about mass media is that it's for the masses. Okay. That means everybody is seeing it. Your job as a CEO is to make sure your clients then see your media. So I see a lot of times the excitement of the moment. Oh, I got on the show, so we blast it out to everybody. I always have my clients. I was saying this to one of our mastermind members had a um, was featured in a commercial during the BT Awards. Shout her out, Deb Owens. I ain't gonna act shout. I awesome. saw Deb at TSP Live. I said, Deb, do you have your? I need you to make a list here 
of just the 20 people, the brands that are already hot, the leads that are already hot. Because the people who are kind of already a little warm, we know everybody on your list isn't, everybody right. you're targeting isn't hot yet. The f quickest way to heat up a list is to give them, this is sizzle, this is sauce. And so that's what media gives you because you need, v, you know, to get to profitability, you need visibility and credibility. What media does is it gives you both in one because you're able to, to borrow the credibility of a media outlet. You said that around the article I did with you and Ronnie for Essence, right? Yeah. So not only was it like visible, yeah, y'all got a blog, but Essence putting their name on it, then okay, then I'm able to leverage it a different way. So that's the first thing from the pay part is make sure the right people know. The second thing is, if I'm scrolling through Facebook looking at ads, run some ads to your media. Because I'm going to look differently mm. when I see Lamar on whatever platform. I'm like, I already know him. Yeah, I'm going to look at his video. And then seeing a, a platform I respect co-signing him, seeing his fastest uh, Inc. 5000 award, that yeah. coming through my feed, it's a different way of like, it reinforces my desire to buy and it makes me feel good about my purchase. Of spending money with you so first you got to leverage it to the right people you got to leverage it to your right audiences and then i'm gonna tell you you want to leverage it to other media because right okay. now we're in a time especially for black entrepreneurs where there's so many opportunities you can get paid so it's really cool for me now when i, I pitch my media out to my brand clients and so and I mean, I got a check when I was on Steve Harvey's show. It wasn't a lot, but I got a check. But now I'm able to put that next to the check I got from LinkedIn, the check I got from the library. So you really want to be able to leverage it back into your business strategically. And then you want to leverage it to bigger media. So once you get the big show, I want you to go bigger. Because ultimately, if you talk about scaling your impact, the biggest way you would do that is literally we sitting here on a podcast. It's mass media. So there should be I'm, I'm like, so what meetings you in to see maybe licensing some of this content to somebody? You know, I don't know. OK, I'm going to stop. But you can always <laughs> see, like, like, do I do this to people. People don't do it to me. I'm like, you're like, you like, all this content to people, but I'm going to stop. I'm being not here for that. I'm saying like this should be <laughs> this should be licensed somewhere. And so it's, it's also you should as you it, it's an ecosystem. And so you mm -hmm. want to add mass media as part of your funnel because it just instantly just keeps raising your visibility and credibility to the next level, to the next level. So you're in bigger rooms. Right. So it's easier for me to get to Steve Harvey show because I could send them a link when I was on the reel. Right. It's yeah. easier to get that next cover, that next thing when you can see it. So we know there's a currency in visibility. You know, that's that's good. I had a, a buddy of mine, Trey Cheney. Shout out to Trey if you're watching. Uh, but Trey had, had um, acted on all five seasons of The Wire. Then he started making music. So we did a music video together. And we literally started at the bottom and got all the way to the top, just like you said. Like, we literally took it. I had it on our blog, and I had some friends. I was like, hey, put this on your blog for me. They did it. Then I just collected all those links up and then went to, like, the next level of press, right? And it might have been, like the, um, like, the websites for the newspapers. And then I was like, look at all the blogs talking about it. And they ran it. And then we went to like the digital version of the magazines and they ran it. Then we went to like the actual um, TV stations, like local press and said local TV, like look at all online, all the stuff is going on. And then they got some local TV and we literally started from my blog and then went four or five levels up to uh, 106 and Park. This is our very first video we did together. 106 and Park made a whole, it was on fatherhood, made a whole uh, episode dedicated to fatherhood where they showed our video and one other video. And the other artist was like, in a scope, all this money behind the machine. It was like me and Trey, we shot 80% of this thing in my garage. Listen, you know, what's like your, this best the next camera. meeting, cause that's the thing y'all talk about the pay part is, 
I came from the corporate world. How media makes its money is brand relationships. My next meeting for you, I would say, okay, five brands. Let's get you with, to Dove. Let's get you mm -hmm. to P&G. Let's get you. Now you, it's a, it's easy for them to wrap around and say, okay, let's do some other things with you. So part of being able to access bigger speaking opportunities, bigger brand partnerships comes from that visibility. And if you, you can do it the organic way and, and plays together with social media, but sometimes you don't have to have high numbers in social when you have high currency in visibility. If you, they can see you've been with established outlets, they will bring you in as an expert. They will partner with you. You can license content. You can get some of those opportunities that really you know, pay well. That's good. I love it. I love it. Any other tips? I got Because you act like you hold me. feel like you hold me. I Give mean, me the So <laughs> I'm just thinking of the conversations I had even inside of the mastermind and, and talking with some of the members here, right? And that was one of the things is like, A, making sure the right people know about the media. Correct. This is the other part too, I would say just from a strategic part. So I, I told you I, one of my favorite hits this year was a friend of mine and client, Lisa Nichols, got married. So it had on multiple... I pitched it to multiple media outlets, had on the, uh, the New York Times covered her wedding, sent a photographer. She got married in the Bahamas. The day before her wedding, um, Tamron Hall did an interview with her and her husband. On, well, satellite interviewed them from the location in the Bahamas. But one of the things I want to say for media people is that other media. So if you get if you was on 106 in Park, I'm like, so did you call MTV? Right. So it's also like mm -hmm. how you leverage it in that way, expanding your visibility that way. So you're constantly flipping it to the next. Because when Lisa was on Tamara Hall's show, they were clear around the shows that the, you other shows you could be on and still be on there. And then the shows like you can't you be on some of these other yeah. competitor pieces. So just one, you know, insight there is say keep flipping. And when you do book like I was at Essence, I told you all it was owned by Time Inc. But most people didn't know that, that most media conglomerates are big companies with a lot of outlets and so for the people i did know and who i love your story i would email an editor at fortune i would email an editor at money hey just so you know i just did this story you might want to check them out and so i would say leverage your network in that way to also grow to some of those bigger platforms you might want to be featured in all right i love it that is perfect um if someone's listening or not if when they listen and when they watch uh the video whether on youtube listen to podcasts on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever it may be, and they say, I need to follow this lady. I need to find out about what she's doing. I need to join her programs. I need to get on a consultation, whatever it may be. How can they find you? You know, my first name at Sharia. Come follow. I'm everywhere. And then come to seenandpaid.com. You'll be able to have access to our free media masterclass. Like I'm, I'm committed to being a resource and helping as many people who are ready. Right. So I'm clear, but you can get all the information there. So come on over and you should like you owe it to yourself because I, you know, obviously it's seen and paid, but money isn't the only currency. Mm. And so one of the things I, that's exciting for me and my clients is not just the fact that we get compensated monetarily from being visible, but it ain't nothing like, you know, you talk about my mama being mad, I was like, Essence, <laughs> but she had a lot of pride when I'm like, hey, look mm. at my, I was on Steve Harvey's show after I left Essence, right? I was still <laughs> working the thing, you know, you got to make it work and, and, on, and doing those things. But I'm saying there are people who will take so much pride. Your family will be so proud to be able to read content, watch your interviews when you decide to show up and fully be seen that's good i love it all right y'all so make sure you go visit the website we'll also have a link to it down in the show notes below i want to thank you thank this you is, this was good and until next time 
in the new building, right? So you got tradition now. Oh you come gosh. see every. I'm aware to say. Y'all look for me on the T.S. Feely stage, getting my seven figure world award one day soon. So right. I don't put the pressure on myself now. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for showing up. Thank you. Uh, thank y'all for tuning in, right? Like I said, make sure you scroll down below, hit the show notes, and make sure you get connected with Shreya, the amazing work she's doing to help you both get seen and paid. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. Hey, do me a favor. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe and follow us on this platform right now to make sure you do not miss a beat as we drop new episodes and additional content every single week. Also, if you'd like to get access to a free paperback copy of my book, access to the TSP Traffic Sales and Profit free Facebook group, our challenges, resources, our events, and more, make sure you visit us at www.trafficsalesandprofit.com forward slash podcast.